I have found that through the years there are many that ask so many questions when it comes to a Bible study. There are many that will ask questions, how can we know that there is a God? Or how can we know that if God is true, what is his will for us today and mankind? There are many who are not sure whether or not they can trust God or trust anything when it comes to religion. Because they are so confused with what the world is teaching them on one hand and what Christianity is trying to teach them on another hand. And so they, they get confused. There are many confused when it comes to what it means to believe and to believe in Christ and to believe in God and to believe in the salvation for their souls. There are many that get confused when it comes to repentance. What does that actually mean? What can I do to repent and what is needed for me to do that? There are many that are confused when they hear the terms like confession. Is that something that I should do? Is that me confessing my sins? Is that me confessing that I'm a sinner? What does that really mean? And so, so many are confused out there in our world today uh, just about those terms. But I think that there is no religious activity that causes more confusion than when it comes to baptism. I believe that that's probably the more so out there in our world today. What does it mean to be baptized? What is, does that mean I have to get wet all over? Well, I've been baptized and I've this and I've that. But what is the confusion? Well, the Bible is always the answer to our questions. And that we can always go to it to be able to find the answers that are needed to be able to answer those questions biblically about those certain issues that are so much confusion because of what the world teaches. And so they wonder, why, why should I get wet all over? Why, why do I need to be baptized? So I, I want us to see this morning just why one needs to be immersed in water. Now the reason why I, I, I'm saying this because there are so many that teach in the world today that all you have to do is just sprinkled on. Or that you just have to have your water, water poured over your head and thus that is considered baptism. And if you look that word up in the dictionary today, and please understand that the words that you find in the dictionary today are defined in how they're used today. It doesn't go back to the etymology of the word, in other words, the root and how it began to understand what does that word mean. Well, baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to dip, plunge, wholly consume. And so we're easily able to understand that. But then when it comes to being baptized, there are some that still have that confusion. Why I need to be immersed in water? Well, number one, it's because baptism involves water. Right? I mean, there are some who contend that baptism is a spiritual event that does not require much water. 
But if you go to Mark chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says very, very differently when it comes to that. And we find that the Bible says it this way. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and of Jerusalem and were baptized of him, that is John the, the baptizer, in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Now, question. Why was John the immerser, John the baptizer, baptized in the river Jordan if all there was was sprinkling or pouring of water? Why was he going, why was he and the subject going down into the water, Jordan River, to be baptized? Well, if baptism could have been administered without water, John was asking people to travel a long distance to be baptized for no reason. He was asking them to come to the River Jordan because that's where he was and that's where they needed to be baptized into where is considered much water. But notice that John chose his locations on purpose. Go to John chapter 3 and we'll look at verse 23 specifically. John chapter 3 and verse 23 specifically. And John also was baptizing in Anon near, near to Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized. You see, John picked this spot because, because there was enough water there to do the dipping, the plunging, the holy consuming of the word baptism and the Greek word baptizo. John picked that spot. But finally, we need to understand that when Jesus was preached, baptism in water was just a part of the message. We can go to Acts chapter 8. We can read about the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. And we find that the Ethiopian eunuch, when he was with Philip at the time, that Philip came and joined himself in the chariot, and that he was reading the book of Isaiah chapter 53. He did not understand what he was reading, and so Philip began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they came along to a certain water, the eunuch said, well, see, here is water, Acts 8, 35-39, see, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, Philip answered and said unto him, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And they commanded, the, and he said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And they commanded the chariot to stand still, and they both went down into the water. You see, they went both down into the water, and Philip baptized him. And the eunuch went on his way rejoicing, because he had salvation. But he had to go down into the water, where there was much water, to be able to be baptized and thus, baptism involves water. Obviously, that was a part of the message about water and baptism when Philip began at that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, number two, we realize that baptism is a burial. Is a burial. It is a burial into the Savior, Romans 6 3 and 4. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. We'll spend a little time there. 
But it's a burial to the Savior. You see, immersed in water is required because baptism is a burial, a submersion into Christ himself. Notice what he says in Romans 6 and verse 3. He says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried, there's our word, into him, baptized into, buried with him and by baptism into Christ, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. So it tells us right there in Romans 6, 3, and 4 that it's a burial, that when they both go down into the water, that he is buried in baptism. Now Paul reminds the Roman believers of what took place when they were baptized right there. They were buried into the death of Jesus. Now we find in Galatians 3, 26 and 27, for, he, for as many as you, as, uh, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, for as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have what? Put on Christ. It is a burial into the Savior, but then number two, it's a burial into salvation. There in verse four, he says, he says there, he says, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall rise to walk in newness of life. What is newness of life? Salvation. Newness of life means I'm now a Christian and I have to live according to God's word. I'm a new person. 1 Peter 3.21, in a like figure, wherein to baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, right? Mark 16, 16, Jesus himself has says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be what? Saved. You see, it is salvation. Acts 2 and verse 38, when Peter was talking to those Jews from all those nations, then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Salvation. Acts twenty-two sixteen, where Paul was giving his account of the idea of, of his salvation, his being saved. And he was told, And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. That was Ananias. He told him what he needed to do to be what? Saved. And that was being baptized based upon his belief that Jesus is the Christ, repentance of his sins, and that good confession that he believed that Jesus is the Christ. Colossians 2.12 says, Buried with him by baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead. When you have repented, that is turned from your sin back to God, you need to die to sin. And that happens when you are buried with Christ in baptism. So water is required, much water is required, because baptism is an immersion or a burial in water. Holy consumed. Number three, we find that baptism is a death. Why get wet all over? Because baptism is a death. I, we go back to Romans 6 
in verses 3 and 4, and we carefully examine what takes place at baptism. Right? He says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his what? Death. Now, with that very idea that we weren't baptized into his death, thus we are dying spiritually to sin. We're not allowing sin to reign in our lives anymore. But when we rise up from that burial, we rise to walk in newness of life, having salvation. He says, before we were immersed, we were dead in sin. So baptism is a death to sin. Look at verses 6 and 7. Knowing this, of Romans 6, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Right. For he that is dead is freed from sin. It is a death to sin because of what precedes baptism. Repentance. In Acts 17 and verse 30, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. It is a death to sin because of what is expected even after baptism. Freedom from and of sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. But let's go down to verse 12 and let's begin there. When we look at baptism as a death to the service of Satan. Romans 6, verse 12, he says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those who are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. But we also realize that baptism is also a death to self as well. We go back to verse 6 of Romans 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. We go to Colossians 3, 5 through 7, who says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time, when you lived in them. He's talking about the very fact that at one time when we was living in sin, we was living in those various aspects by different things, by different people, whether it was fornication or uncleanness, idolatry or whatever it might be, we were living in them. But now we are freed from that because this 
Baptism is a death to ourselves. No longer doing those things that we were once doing. Matthew 16 and verse 24, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny his cross and follow me. In other words, get away from that sin. Start following Christ where salvation is to be found. So following baptism, we are then made alive in Christ. In Colossians 2, 12 and 13, he says, Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who had raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Simply stated right there, you receive the mercy, you receive the forgiveness, and God's amazing grace when you die with Jesus in baptism. Can you see it so far? That baptism is very important, but baptism alone won't save you. You have to have faith in believing that Jesus is the Christ. You have to repent of those sins, turn away from those sins, and you have to make that good confession that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and then be baptized. But baptism is a burial. Baptism requires much water. Baptism is a death to self and to sacrifice. It's a burial even unto salvation itself. But baptism number four is a resurrection. Did you, did you see when he says and to rise to walk in newness of life. To be raised. A resurrection. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been, been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 7. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. I want you to notice that baptism is a resurrection from sin to salvation. That the old man of sin is left behind. Now we must not dig up that old man again. In 2 Peter 2, 20-22, he says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein. And overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog has turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. James explains it this way in James 5, 19 through 20. When he says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. You see how important it is that we turn from sin, but turn to Christ by faith, repentance, confession and being baptized baptism is a resurrection from sin to salvation 
But then we also find that baptism is a resurrection from shame to sanctification. That the old man of shame is sanctified, set apart for the master's use. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, he says, And such were some of you. In other words, you were once in that sin, but now you have obeyed from the heart that former doctrine, and now you are no longer that way. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, set apart, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. But you are also washed. Isn't that what he says? Washed. Acts twenty two sixteen. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling upon the name of the Lord. Very important that we, that baptism is a resurrection from shame to sanctification. But then we also find that baptism is a resurrection from self to the Savior. The throne of the heart has a new occupant. Go, go with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Because we're no longer looking on our own things, but now looking to Him. If ye, Colossians 3, starting with verse 1, If ye then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things, what? Above. Not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. You see how that baptism is that resurrection from self to the Savior? But then we also realize that baptism is a resurrection from selfishness to service. You see, the selfishness has now turned to service. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We are a sacrifice unto our God. Notice he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Here's the most important part. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So baptism is a resurrection from our selfishness to now service to God. Baptism is also a resurrection from the old to the new, as we've already seen in that the old man has become a new man. You see, not only do you die in baptism, but you become different. When I rose up out of the waters of baptism at burial, I became a new Charles. I was no longer the old Charles that I was before I went in there. No longer that way. I'm a new one. I'm a new person. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, therefore, you, you are then changed. You are a new person. Now, you are raised up together with him, Colossians 2.12. You can now walk in newness of life, Romans 6.4. Because you see, baptism is that expression of your faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It is also an expression of your faith in the new life that he gives you when you put him on in baptism. So baptism is an act of trust 
and what Jesus did for you. You know, Jesus didn't have to die on that cross. He wanted to die on that cross. He wanted to die on that cross for every person here. In fact, he went to the cross for all the world. So that they would have the hope of eternal life in heaven with him. Now, baptism now saves you. It's not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3.21. You see, baptism is not a ritual cleansing that's supposed to represent something else. It is, in fact, that the act of baptism now appeals to God to take away your sin and allow you to be able to rise to walk in this newness of life in a different way. I call it faith in action. You see? But why get wet all over? Because baptism is an act of faith. You know, throughout the book of Acts, we find the people who express faith in Jesus do so by being baptized. But when they believed Philip, preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women, Acts 8, 12. We find the people in Samaria believed what Philip taught, and therefore they were baptized, Acts chapter 8. You see, baptism is an expression of faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The same thing happened in Corinth, in Acts chapter 18. And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all of his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Very important that we understand that. That's the same thing that happened with the man from Ethiopian, uh, Ethiopia in Acts chapter 8, as we talked about earlier, the eunuch. Whenever Jesus was preached, baptism in water was included. And whenever people put their faith in Jesus, they are immediately, Acts chapter 16, baptized into Jesus. Isn't that what the jailer did? He was immediately baptized the same hour of the night. Baptism is not a mere church ritual, but it's a vital act of faith. Again, faith in action. But then number six, why get wet all over? Because baptism puts you into Christ. If you, like the people we just noticed, believe in Jesus then you'll want to be found in him. You see, water baptism puts you into Christ. Now, I've heard so many people out there in the world today, well, let Christ come into your heart. You know, all you had to do is just say this prayer, repeat after me uh, that I'm a sinner and that I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart. Well, let me tell you, the Bible says that we get into him. We had to be baptized into him. Water, put baptism, puts you into Christ. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you have been baptized into Christ, have what? Put on Christ. Well, it's like we're literally clothed with Christ. We, I got into these clothes this morning, but I was 
from without to within. I was not in these clothes until I got into these clothes. Now I'm in these clothes. But the same way with baptism. You go from without to within. You're not in Christ until you're baptized into Christ. Very much able to understand that in every way. Paul reminds the Galatian believers that they were clothed with Christ when they were baptized into Christ. And so we are baptized into Christ, Romans 6, 3. Now, the important part to realize here is that being in Christ is essential. We go to Ephesians 1 and verse 3, and he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Notice, in Christ. Ephesians 1, 3. All of God's spiritual blessings are to be found in Christ. And to be in Christ You need to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus. But then number seven, we realize that we have to get wet all over because baptism is commanded. It's a command. We've seen many reasons to be baptized, but the simplest and perhaps most important reason is that Lord Jesus himself commanded it to be done. In Mark 16, 15 and 16, as he was just about to ascend to the Father, he gave what is called the Great Commission to his apostles. And he said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. Jesus sent his disciples to the whole world with the message of of salvation. Those who accepted that message were to be baptized in order to be saved. Those who had rejected it are those who would be lost. That is why Peter and the other apostles preached as they did on that day of Pentecost, some 50 days after Jesus died and was raised from the dead. But listen to what Peter commanded on that day. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and each one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness of sins, and ye will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38. Now that crowd that was listening on that day to those apostles were made up of devout Jews. Devout Jews from all over the world. These were people who loved God and wanted to do what was right. Peter tells them to accept Jesus as their Savior by turning from their sin and thus being immersed in water, much water, for the remission, the forgiveness of their sins. And that, Peter says, will bring forgiveness. I want to close this sermon this morning by telling you what you need to do. You need to do like Saul of Tarsus was told by Ananias. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins calling on the name of the Lord. You now know what you need to do. The opportunity is now for you to make that decision. Today would be the day. Because James tells us, 
Our life is like a vapor. It appears for a short time and then vanishes the way. We're not guaranteed of tomorrow. So don't procrastinate any longer. Make things right with the Lord today. Can we help you? We hope that we can. Maybe you're already a child of God. You've wandered away. Come back. Make things right with God today. As together we stand and sing.